0: I the I the From the Vegas strip here's RJ Beau
1: Always good to be here, RJ, and yes, on a day in which we've got a bunch of college football we can look ahead to. We've also got some major NFL matchups, including a big one on Sunday night football to look ahead to. What is the Vegas lead here on this Friday?
2: Well, I wanted to find out, is it Taylor or Tyler Heineke? <laughs> so I figured let's talk Washington Giants. And obviously this was a, uh, a, I don't know if barn burner, but let's say an exciting finish for sure. Yeah, it was, and as somebody who has
1: uh, mistakenly said, what of many people has called him Tyler on the air before, I can assure you it is Taylor. Uh, so the Taylor Heineke fans are big fans of what happened last night. The Washington Football Team in a thriller get a thirty to twenty nine win over the New York
2: Giants. Washington improves to one and one on the season. Okay, one of the things that makes Straight Out of Vegas different is we understand the distinction between what does a game mean for the mathematics of the standings. And what does the game mean for how we rate these teams? And those are two different conversations. Imagine a game, uh, let's say New England-Miami, this prior weekend, this past weekend. In the standings, it was a big win for Miami. In division, against a team, New England, that is competitive for a playoff spot with them, can't have a bigger win than that. But when it came to upgrading Miami, didn't happen. Most most pro batters didn't upgrade them at all downgrading the loser in new england not didn't that, they felt like if anything new england played a little better than expected there were you know multiple fumbles etc now none of that matters check the scoreboard or as rashid said score i think it was yeah that's true but that doesn't tell us that if we're looking backwards that really matters if we're looking forwards, it matters what we know or have learned about these teams. So let's start with the backwards looking. Washington now is one and one. They actually have a slightly worse odds to win their division than they entered the season with. They were about plus 200 to win the division entering the season. Now they're plus 225. So splitting out one and one, and Dallas losing and the Giants now 0-2, you would think Washington is better off, especially with Dallas' as underdogs this week. No, it's actually a slightly worse. Heineke, T. Heineke, as I like to say. <laughs> T. Heine. <laughs> it, it, it's a situation that some people are saying, could he be better? Could he evolve better than Fitzpatrick? Younger, obviously, not from Harvard, but... More mobile, and he has some guts to him. There's something about him that implies gutsy play. AJ, when you look at Washington and, and take any choice, it can be Heineke, it can be whatever, do you agree they're worse off by a smidge? with their chance to win the division than they were to start the season. Yes,
0: I do. Why? I, I mean, because we've seen two lackluster performances, to be honest. And and it's great that they won the game last night. They didn't cover the spread, meaning they didn't reach expectation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't know that their defense is nearly as dominant as it was a year ago. And kind of what I said this week, and, and I know you, you like the Chicago Bears this week, I, I feel the same way about the football team. This team, is if they were going to be good, we knew it had to be with defense. And if their defense isn't great, I have real concerns about what they are as a team. And the football team, maybe even more so than the Bears,
2: I've not been impressed with their defense. Well, oh, really? You think that Washington's D is worse than the Bears? No, or I'm based saying, on com- expect- based okay.
0: expectation. Well, I mean, the way the, the, the Daniel Jones was moving the ball on him last night was alarming.
2: Hmm. All right, so first off, I would say Thursday night games – Tend to be aberrations. Fair. Uh, Now, the home team has an advantage. So, considering that the game was at Washington, you know, now in division, the Thursday's not as different because they're more familiar with the other team. I would say this too Washington and a lot of really sharp guys made the point of this before the season. They had a very easy schedule against opposing offenses last year. What you hear about a lot is strength of schedule. But what about strength of schedule relative to offense and defense? You don't hear that as much. And then what you've got to account for is a team that plays, you know, let's say um, Washington plays a team that their starting quarterback played 13 games, but one of those games he missed was against Washington. You've got to account for that. And Washington had some luck when it came to who they played And also, the analytics guys will tell you, defense is not as predictive as offense. Meaning, if you have a top-five offense, the odds of having that next year are much better than if you have a top-five defense, and the odds of having that defense in the top-five next year are much less. So, it kind of makes sense that there's been a regression, though obviously it's only two games. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. We are straight out of Vegas. Jonas Knox in L.A. Same question. Where do you look at Washington now relative to two games ago?
1: I look at their defense as being down, similar to A.J. I I thought that was going to be the strength of the team. But I'm actually more optimistic about their quarterback situation with Heineke than I was Fitzpatrick. I I think he adds a different uh, different ability, a different skill set than Fitzpatrick does. And it seems like, and I don't know if there's any, you can quantify this, but it does seem like that team really rallies around him, He's got something. There's a juice there. We've seen him in limited spots, and he's played really well. The interception was a bad interception late in that game, no doubt, but he made some throws that I thought were really impressive, big-time
2: NFL throws, and I thought he looked pretty good. Let's talk about that interception. So, PFF has a concept, turnover-worthy plays. Heineke did not get a turnover-worthy play on that interception. So, by all accounts, at least on the surface, it looked like it was a bad throw. Their rationale is that the receiver was held up, Heineke couldn't have known it, and if the receiver wasn't held up, it would have never happened that way. Now, listen, when there's subjectivity like this, we can debate it, but I like that there's another level of nuance being added to the conversation. All that said, Heineke's QBR, 35.8. Not good at all. Daniel Jones' QBR, almost 70 But if you look at his PFF grade, it's the second highest grade of any quarterback this year. Tom Brady had the first highest. AJ, you're looking at the screen like, where's that info? It's coming right from the noggin, baby. (laughs) Jones' PFF grade, 91.3. Now, the only guy that's been in the 90s this year was Brady on opening night. So, literally, this is now what does PFF do differently than like QBR? QBR says, how well do you do? PFF says, how well did the quarterback play? So a good example, perfect pass. In the end zone, it's dropped. QBR says, incomplete pass. PFF says, great pass. All right. So now again, subjectivity, but Jones looked better than his stats. And Heineke, and I think Jones brings up a great point. How much do the t- does the other teammates care about winning for you, that you're their leader? And for a guy that only started three games, and this was the third one, Heineke does seem to have that leadership gene that can be very meaningful, but hard to quantify. AJ, you had a comment about Heineke.
0: Taylor Heineke, Michael Irvin asked him last night after the game on NFL Network if he thought that he'd earned the right to be the starter. In Washington, and he said, "Absolutely, he feels like he's he gives this team the best chance to win."
2: What is the current status of
0: Fitzpatrick? Six to eight weeks was the last I heard. Is that right? Yeah, is that what yeah. you're hearing, Jonah? Six okay. to eight.
1: He's on IR, but not the the season ending IR.
2: I tell you this. This doesn't feel intuitive, but I think it's very true. I'd so much. Let's say Heineke and Fitzpatrick were even, exactly even. I so much more want both of them than one of them, because both one. Fitzpatrick's erratic. he'll have his bad games he'll have it It'd be great to say okay, Fitzpatrick, you're starting game 10, but listen, you know almost like last year with Miami with TuA, you start out great go you start out bad, switch Now listen no one wants that, but everyone's still getting paid their money and hey, if you don't want this play so well, I don't switch you out. Uh, Also, Heineke just his physical. He's not a. There's a reason he was undrafted. If I'm not mistaken, right? Undrafted. Yep. Yep. Physically, he's not elite. Doesn't mean you can't do well, but it means taking the pounding for 17 games. Not sure about that.
0: But he does add an element. He's like a four six forty guy. He's he's, He's a nice athlete. He gives them something that probably Ryan. This. Older version of Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't
2: give a lot of the a lot of those scout team quarterbacks run fast 40s too. So I mean, (laughs) I, I hear you, there is that element, but I don't think it's. I mean, how many teams enter the year with that kind of quarterback? Well, Hertz, you could make the case, right? A similar quarterback, not many are willing to do that, and I think for good reason, change of pace. I like it. If he's hot, I like it. And I do have vested interest in Washington at plus 350 to win the division. We talked about on the podcast you trying to
0: maybe work your way out of that. Did last night's result change your mind on that some? No,
2: no. Because I think, again, when, what A.J. saying is hedging out, betting a little Dallas, betting a little – I don't know. i got to decide because Dallas is a dog. If they lose in their own two – it's going to be a big swing. If they win, it's going to be not only a key win, but winning as a dog is going to help their odds a lot. But you agree, maybe more more so than what
0: Dallas has done, Philly has come into the conversation more than you thought well, they were. Well, We're going
2: to see, though, right? Because it's the it's the catch-22 of one game. Because And the more I listen to analysis, and we'll get into it, uh, well, let's do this. I'm gonna. I'll talk about Philly in the next segment, Jonas. You had a closing thought.
1: Yeah, like how much? Because we can talk about the quarterback Fitzpatrick or Heineke, but to me, if this defense continues to look the way that they look, we downgrade them the rest of the year. Correct? Like if this is, if, I think, I think that's really what they've been built on. We've been hearing about this front seven and all the first round picks they've got, and they were getting sliced and diced on on for a lot of defensive experts, rudimentary type plays to where they weren't keeping. Keeping their lanes, they weren't you know picking up on their assignments, and they made Daniel Jones look pretty damn good at times last night.
2: Yeah, and and again, like we said here, uh, what a strong uh, personal grade he got for PFF. Here's the thing: if you entered into the year thinking Washington's going to be the third best defense, then you're going to be disappointed. I don't think anyone that's super sharp thought that. They thought okay, over under for Washington's D, maybe nine and a half. Now you know they could be the ninth or tenth, tenth best. And that wouldn't be crazy. It'd be right in the expectation. So now the question is, are they f- far from that? Because you could say they are, but how good are the Chargers? Right? We don't know how good the Chargers are. We also know this. And I'm going by memory. Double check this, McKenzie. Daniel Jones is 4-0 against Washington. Is-, is that right? He's 4-1 now. Okay. Yeah. He was 4-0. It's not a, I mean, to some degree, there's certain players that do well against certain schemes, against certain other players. And it strikes me that maybe we say Chargers O line was a lot better than we expected because they had a lot of new people. We'll see this week. Is it better than we expect against Dallas? Just an example, it's going to be one game, but still. And I also could make the case that. The Giants have played really well against this Washington team, so maybe now it doesn't look quite as bad. But I would agree, Washington's D is worse than at least it seems to be worse than we thought. And Jones, I agree with you. At this point, you'd have to say lower expectations a little bit, and the market agrees with you. The market says Washington, even though they're one and one and leading the, I guess one and zero Philly, one and one, that's not good enough their odds have gotten worse. Be sure to catch live
0: editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byard. We have a brand-new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex you get your
1: podcasts so rj you gave out a winner last week in the arizona cardinals at tennessee and now it's time for your best bet and for that we go to chicago where the bears are hosting the cincinnati Bengals right now on pregame.com the bears are one point favorites
2: this is my redheaded stepchild best bet of the week we're going with the bears and you know what because it's not fair that in the past before we got more sensitive as a society that sometimes redheaded stepchildren would not be treated the same. And you know what? Andy Dalton is being treated very unfairly. You know why? He didn't play bad. He got the ball out super fast. I think they crossed midfield against the Rams, supposedly the best defense in the NFL, like the first six possessions. And now we're talking about how bad the Bears are? Yeah, they're not great. Their defense isn't great. You know what? The Bengals aren't great. And now I got the Bears at home, lane two, which tells me, wait a minute. The Bears are a worse team than the Bengals? Nah, Best bet, Bears, lane the two. It's a value play.
1: It's time for a best bet in college football, and for that, we go to West Point, where A.J. Hoffman likes Army and UConn, and right now it's Army, a 34.5-point favorite, as they host the UConn Huskies.
0: The UConn. In their two games against FBS schools so far this year, have been outscored 94-0. to And in the past, I would say, ooh, that's a big number for Army because they ball control. This Army, 52nd in the country in plays run. This is an up-tempo Army. An up-tempo option team. Up-tempo option team. UConn's obviously the worst team in college football. And a lot of teams would overlook them. I don't worry about that with the service academy. Army, go back through their game log. When they've got a team they can ride on, they ride on them. They beat UMass in 2019 53-7, a very similar built team, and this is a much better version of Army. They will not take their foot off the gas, and UConn has shown they will absolutely roll over and quit. Army minus 34.5.
2: Now, would you say that against the option, against that kind of rough in your smash-mouth football, if you are down 40 nothing, the idea of taking those hits and still playing tough that I can see a team will, that underdog will. And old Nebraska teams used to run it up that way. That's exactly the
0: point. You start The physicality starts to wear on you. And I, I really do believe the service academy teams not quitting, not overlooking bad teams, that's a real thing. Okay. I would say
2: this. Of all the f- – what's the line again? 34 and a half. Of all the 34-point favorites I've considered, <laughs> there are compelling case, a case here. Uh, uh. You know what, though? I have a feeling here to win this one. So, I'm going to co-sign it. And uh, Bears was my best bet. The bonus best bet was Tampa Bay first half. Great week, Jonas.